You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget here on Moody Radio 89.3. So what does it mean to be a real man? And where do you get your definition? Is it from culture, from movies? What do scriptures say? And what does that mean for us as a society as a whole? We're talking about that today with Craig Starley, who is Men's Ministry Director and also author of Being a Godly Man in a Godless World. Craig, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bridget. Good morning, Eric. I, I had to take an energy drink before I got here to keep up with your energy this morning as I listened to you. Uh, yeah. Outside the cover, um, kudos to you. This is a, a book for men, not one picture in the entire book. Good job. <laughs> it's, it's just all text. <laughs> well, I try to make it a little bit easy. It's also, though, a lot of stories and a lot of um, uh, different examples of movies and different things like that for people to relate to. All right. Let, let's start with, I think this is a very important question because it kind of covers overarching. Why is a book like this important? Why is it important for our society to have godly men? Yeah, well, first thing is, um, I mean, as a Christian man, that's where we're called to be. We're called to be a man of God, someone that follows Christ, someone that uh, sees things the way that Christ does. But in our society, it's so important because the definition of being a man is completely depend upon what what uh, culture you're from, what uh, upbringing you've been in, um, what movie you watched, mm-hmm. a television show, um, what example you've watched, you've seen. And the whole thing is that we really don't understand, apart from Christ, what it means to be truly a, a man. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the examples in culture? I mean, I, I think a lot comes to mind, obviously, when we think about how they define manhood. But how would you how would you verbalize what culture says about being a real man? Sure. I think it really depends upon as far as the upbringing that you have, as mm-hmm. far as, uh, you know, if you're from a, a Mexican upbringing, you know, being a man is someone who's machismo. Mm-hmm. If you're from a Jewish upbringing like I was, you know, being a man is someone that just works all the time and and unfortunately isn't around, you know, that much as far as for the children. Um, also, you know, culture as far as with television shows. I mean, we used to see Ted Bundy, you know, uh, unmarried with children and, and, you know, the mockery of being a father. And so it really is just completely all over the scale as far as defining what a real man is. Mm-hmm. Where do, And where, obviously, do we need to get that definition and what does the Bible say about it? Sure. The only real definition of a real man is found in Jesus Christ in the gospel. Um, You know, when we place our faith in Christ, what ends up happening then is, regardless of our upbringing, regardless of what we've been taught, what we believed in, we're following Christ, and our desire then is day by day, moment by moment, to be transformed, to be more like Him. And by doing that, then we are more of a man of God. The book, again, is called Being a Godly Man in a Godless World. And I think part of the struggle is this book has um, different pictures, uh, snapshots of what a godly man is through different the lives of different men. But there's like 15 of them because there really isn't—outside of Christ, there isn't really one good picture in Scripture. We have to take composites of all these people, and that kind of makes it hard for us to almost build this Lego piece of a man out. It, it becomes hard for us to see what a, a real man looks like because there's so many different aspects of it that are hard for us to grasp, I think. 
Sure. Um, the whole thing is that if we read the Bible and we just look at the character in the Bible that's being written about, and we say like David, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to be a you know a man that could stand before my Goliaths and have that faith, right? Um, but we miss the picture. We miss the 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 met narrative of the main purpose of that book, which is that David is a foreshadow of the one to come that's going to defeat our final Goliath at the cross. Um, so all of these men, uh, the purpose of it is I wanted to show that these men that God used in a mighty way are just sinners just like us, mm. that they all struggled just like us, they all had different sins that they dealt with, and by learning how they overcame them, that we also would be able to do the same. Mm-hmm. So what does or how does a real man then Treat women, as for an example, because right. I'm thinking about the ladies who are listening to this conversation. It's important for us, too, to recognize what a true godly man is. And so talk about that interaction. Yeah, no, Bridget, I'm really glad that you asked that, because even though the book— you know, is designed for men, it really also could reach out to women because I really want women to understand that they're a daughter of the king. They're his princess. And if they're with a, if they have a father, if they have a, a husband, if they have a partner that is not treating them as such, you know, is not willing to sacrifice, you know, for them, is not willing to have selfless love, is not willing to put them first, then that's something that God wouldn't want for them. And the, the sad part is that a lot of the women in, in, the world has had such bad examples of a father growing up, uh, you know, of a husband. And because of that, they they put up with so much and they feel like it's okay to do the same. And so by understanding what it means to be a, a man of God, a real man in a godless world, you know, that's going to help them really be able to see the type of man that they should have in their life that they deserve. Mm-hmm. I notice in here that one of the people, and this gets me to, I think, a pretty important question. One of the men in here is not Solomon. Um, a lot of people start off like a house of fire, right? They're, they're all go get them. And then by the end of their life, you're like, what happened there? How'd they, what, how'd they get derailed almost? Um, what does it take for a real man to continue into the fight to the very end? Sure. That's a great question. My, my favorite Bible character is David. And the reason why it's David is not because of all his accolades it's because God saw him as a man after my own heart, and he said that knowing in the future everything that David was going to do. But David, even though he wasn't a good role model as a father, he you know, had that major sin as far as with Bathsheba that completely destroyed you know, that season of his life. He finished out strong. You know, He was willing to, even though he wanted to build the temple, God said, no, that, that's not you. You have blood on your hands. That's going to be your son, Solomon. And then he said to the people of Israel, here's the instructions of everything that I was going to do. Listen to my son and follow with him. So to answer your question, it's just someone that not isn't going to sin because we all are going to sin, but it's someone that recognizes sin the way that God does, that day by day, moment by moment, they seek to be transformed to be more in the image of Christ. And it's not how we fit start, it's how we finish. Mm-hmm. And that's really the legacy that we want to leave as men. Do you feel uh, that there is maybe a 
I don't know if the right word is an attack against men these days. I've, I've been hearing men feel like they have been coming under fire from culture. Are, are you hearing that from the men you disciple? Yeah, no, I, I'm not hearing that as much from the men that I disciple, mm. but I am definitely hearing that a lot as far as the the stigmatism of masculinity now. Um, you know, it's almost like embarrassing to step up and say, I'm a man and this is what I'm supposed to do because culture says, well, why can't a woman do that? Or, or why do you say that you could do that? And that once again goes by redefining what it means to be a man. And if we understand more about what God's purpose is for man and and how we are supposed to live our life day by day to be that, regardless of what society says, then there's going to be more people that are godly men in a godless world. So then how, if they are feeling that, where do they, I guess, go to find the right perspective on it and not maybe not giving up that fight, even if they feel like they're under attack. Yeah. Well, Jesus says that blessed are those that are persecuted for my name's sake. And, and so we just have to focus on, on going against the grain and not what society says, you know, defines us, but more what the Bible says. Uh, let me take you to your last chapter. Cause this is something I had just read on, on Jehoshaphat. Um, many times men want to be active. They want to be, um, into that battle almost. And Jehoshaphat's different because his activity was prayer. And many times we don't see prayer as an activity. We see it kind of being as passive. But it, he shows us that prayer and praise are are really the battle that we are fighting. And everything else kind of falls in place after that. Je- Jehoshaphat's a pretty important character in all this, although I don't, uh, he's probably not the first one we, he was your last chapter. He's not the first person we look at, is he? No, I, Prayer, though, I, I heard it say that when even the weakest of saints hit their knees, the enemy trembles. Mm. You know, we think that prayer is is not such a big deal because it's like, well, God already ordains and he knows what's going to happen. So what's the purpose of praying? What's the purpose of, of evangelizing then? But we don't understand the means that God's going to use. Mm. And, and so by us being able to pray, we are part of God's plan. And we don't know as far as what is going to change as far as through our prayers. And so it's a blessing to be able to be intercessors. It's a blessing to be able to know that we have the power of prayer, because when we pray, we are basically being part of, of, of God coming down from the heaven using us as broken vessels to fulfill the plan that he has. And Jehoshaphat was a great example of that. He so, just kind of watched the battle happen. I mean, they, they were just sat over there in the corner singing and praying and just kind of watched everything happen. It was, it's an amazing story when you see how the Lord worked in his life. And I think it's a picture of how the Lord can work in our life also. Yeah, a lot of times we think that we're not qualified to do something or or that we don't have the uh, ability and, and God could use someone else. And, and, like I said, even you know, just a, a small little prayer, it's opening up our hearts saying, God, I can't, but you can. Hmm. That's the whole purpose of prayer. So many people say, why do I need to pray? Because in the Bible it says that before I even speak, God already knows what we're going to say. But it's when we're doing that, we're submitting to the Lord's will, and we're, we're seeing his work through us. Hmm. I guess maybe one way to be a godly man is to know where our strength really, really is, right? Would you say that? 
Absolutely. And and I wanted to make sure also people understand that this isn't a how-to book. It's not called How to Be a Godly Man. Huh. It's to understand as far as the purpose of being a godly man in a godless world. It's that duality of the Christian life, right? It's it's a man trying to stay strong in the Lord and his walk, but being torn into, being pulled into the things of the world and 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 the importance of being that, that man of God. I, I guess that points to the Holy Spirit's work in our life. We, this... This isn't a how-to book. It's a the Holy Spirit's working through you book, right? Yes, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's the whole sanctification process. It's like I said, day by day, we're to be transformed into His image. It's not something that overnight just happens. Until His glory, we're going to constantly be in battle with sin. And if we just keep our eyes focused on Christ, if if we just don't follow what society says and just you know listen to what God say, being led by the Holy Spirit, we then can overcome the battle and be more of that godly man in a godless world. Well, if this is going to be a helpful perspective, I think, for every man and woman being a godless or being a godly man in a godless world. We've got a link to it at ericandbridget.org by Craig Starley. Craig, thank you for coming in and encouraging us this morning. Do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I was blessed to be here.